0: Northern New York Community Podcast. Stories from the heart of our community. Hi there and welcome to another episode of the Northern New York Community Podcast. I'm your host, Max Del Signor. We have another special interview on tap right now. We will visit with the members of the Sicily and Kubis families who reside in Mansville, which is a small community in southern Jefferson County. Their story is important for all listeners to hear and to think about. It's a testimonial on how philanthropy impacts a family in multiple ways. We are fortunate enough to have Cora and Josh Sisley, John Kubis, Rebecca Sisley, and Mabel Sisley Kubis all here. Thanks for all of you guys for being part of the podcast today. Thanks for having us. So before we get started, there is a number of you here in the studio. I want to get introductions first. So um, John, Rebecca, could you provide just a brief background for the listeners, where you live, which we kind of covered, but where you grew up, and also what you do?
1: Sure, well, uh, my name's John Kubis. Uh, I grew up in right here in the North Country, uh, currently uh, in Mansville, right in the heart of the snow belt. Um, I grew up on a, a small dairy farm in Evans Mills and uh, joined the Air Force. And then after the Air Force, I decided to uh, come back home and was uh, fortunate enough to uh, be gainfully employed um, doing the weather, which is what I did in the Air Force uh, at uh, WWNY Channel 7. So that was a, a great opportunity, and I'm still uh, still working there as well.
2: I'm Rebecca Sisley. I grew up in Worth, New York, so right in these snow belts. I graduated from South Jeff, live in Mansville right now, and I work at the Mansville building, South Jeff.
0: And now on to the kids. So I'm going to start with Mabel first, then to Cora, and then to Josh. So just tell me how old you are, where you go to school, and what grade you're in. I'm
3: Mabel, and I go to school in Mansville Elementary School, and I'm seven years old.
0: Great. Cora?
4: I'm Cora Cicely. I go to South Jefferson Middle School, and I'm 13 years old. In 8th
0: grade. Went fast, didn't it? 13. Josh.
5: I'm Joshua Sisley. I'm 19 years old. I graduated South Jeff last year and I'm going to
0: JCC right now. Ken, for each of you as, as the kids, what do you love most about going to school at South Jeff?
5: It's a small school.
0: Small school, small community feel to it? Yes. What about JCC, Josh? You said you're, Is this your first year at Jefferson Community College? It is. And what are you studying right now? Business. Do you know what you want to do? Uh, no. But you're good with numbers, I take it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are some of, again for the kids, what are some of your favorite things to do outside of school? Maybe I'll start with you first.
3: Um, I like to have recess outside of school.
0: What do you do for recess?
3: Well, I used to do the monkey bars, but I have blisters now, so <laughs> I usually just wander around.
0: Nothing wrong with that. Those monkey bars can be tough. They can certainly be tough. Cora and Josh, what about you guys outside of school?
3: I like
4: to read, and I am a horseback rider.
0: Oh, very cool. Okay.
5: Josh? I like to read as well and cross-country run. Or run.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so interesting, no, because we did have a chance to visit before today's conversation. Horseback riding and raising horses is something that I think uh, a couple of the kids are pretty, pretty interested in. Um, Rebecca, could you provide just a little backstory about that first and then I'm going to actually turn it over to Cora.
2: Um, Cora wanted a horse so she wanted to buy her own horse so she was sewing things and crocheting things and selling those things and she raised enough money to buy her first horse.
0: Do you remember how much it was that you had to raise Cora in order to get that first horse?
4: $500.
0: $500. So how long did it take to raise $500?
4: Well, I used all of my money saved up and did stuff to raise money.
0: So it was pretty important for you to have, to have that horse. It was something that you really wanted.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what's interesting, Rebecca and John, is your kids have really demonstrated an interest in supporting causes that they find are helpful to others or is helpful to their community um, and something they've done ever since they've been young kids, or in Mabel's case, she still is too. What are some of those experiences that you both have seen your children do that has really opened your eyes about the way that they want to support others and support their community?
1: Well, I think the, um, the uh, Yarning for the Young. Uh, when, when was that uh, going on, the Yarning for the Young? Cora was nine,
2: eight or nine.
1: I was at work because I work nights, but um, um, Rebecca was telling me how they saw a uh, commercial that it was, like, it was on Jeopardy or whatever show. And uh, there was a, a commercial about St. Um, about Jude's and uh, those, are, those are tear-jerkers, those commercials, and uh, they wanted to raise money for these uh, poor kids that were sick, so hence, here comes uh, uh, Yarning for the Young that, uh, that they uh, raised money for. I'm not sure how much you guys raised, do you, do you yes, know? Uh,
2: they did it for a couple of years and they raised, over that couple of years, thousands.
1: Wow. but but Cora would be uh, sitting in the uh, living room yarning and it'd be snowing and or crocheting and I don't know I'm a guy I don't know but she'd be crocheting and it would be snowing and blowing outside and here she is do do you know watching TV or, or whatever and just and crocheting and and raising money for the for uh, St. Jude's it was it was amazing
0: well, where did that talent come from Cora I mean just to say was crocheting something you had ever done before
4: well I learned but my grandma really she taught me how to
0: do you still crochet today? Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like? And this is a question for any of the the kids to answer. But what was it like to be able to help such a uh, prominent national organization like a St. Jude's, um, and know that the money that you raised is going to help another child that's in need or maybe sick?
4: Well, it, it was it was a nice feeling. I it felt good. I
5: it, it felt good that it was going to a good cause, and that we know that somebody needed the money, and that with our money that we can help them
3: it felt good
0: these values of giving back were certainly instilled somewhere for you guys um, your parents certainly set a very good example
1: funny backstory and I, I just I just realized this this was uh oh maybe what six seven years ago uh, uh, Rebecca was working for um, one of the local uh, businesses that would uh, go and they would take care of like the elderly you know really they give she would go in for like an hour or two and you know, do some light housekeeping and such, and uh, she was like, oh, John, we have to go to uh, X place, you know, and all, all, the, uh, all the ladies want to meet you. They want to meet the other guys. So she would drag me around, and it was, it was fun. You know, we'd sit and we'd chat with, the uh, with, uh, generally speaking, it was, uh, it was the uh, elderly women. So she was kind of dragging me around and using my, uh, my popularity to, uh, and apparently I was making the, uh, this, uh, with a lot of these women's uh, day by coming in and just, just sitting and chatting with them. And that, that was nice, you know? I mean, it, didn't, it doesn't cost anything to give back. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. But I, I just realized that sitting here, you used to, remember you used to drag me around and, and let's, let's, go, let's go see Miss Ellie or let's go see, you know, whoever and, and sit and chat with them, so.
2: I think that's when it really hit me that it doesn't take money or I, all you have to do is smile. You just and have to give, be just, nice.
1: just give yeah. someone your time. Yeah. So.
2: And you see these people, they're shut in, and a lot of them don't leave their home, and they don't have a lot of money or visitors, and you just you sit and talk with them, and you make their day. And that always made my day, leaving there, and those were the best
0: clients. What are some of the, the values you share with your children? I mean, obviously, some of the things that they have demonstrated and done are, are quite impressive. And there are a lot of children who do it. Um, but to see all three of your kids really participate in making lives better for others, or helping others. Um, what are some of those values you're trying to teach your children, which obviously they're, they're, they're demonstrating it quite well.
2: Just to be decent, decent people, and just be nice. And I don't know, it doesn't take much a smile a lot of times, just to make someone's day a little better. And it makes me feel good to know that I raised kids that care.
0: Mm-hmm. Rebecca, before we transition quick, I want to see if you'd be willing to share your nutmeg story. Oh. <laughs> Can you tell me, we talked about tipping points and giving mm-hmm. back in, in, in your life, and you had mentioned a story that is related to nutmeg. Can you share that?
2: Yes. It was actually a woman I dragged John to, an older, <laughs> an older woman. And she, um, she would get $14 a month in food stamps. And she would save that money up over the year for a big Thanksgiving dinner. And she would want nutmeg from Rod's, because that's the closest we could go shopping for them. And a little container of nutmeg would be like $4. So I went to Sharps, which is a little bit further away on my own time, my own dime, and bought her a big container of nutmeg. And the joy and expression on her face just made my, my whole day and made her day. I think that's, <laughs> it It was great. It was a great feeling to know.
0: Well, in, the devotion that the family has shown to helping others took a sudden turn a couple years ago uh, when Mabel was diagnosed with juvenile arthritis, just before she entered kindergarten, correct? Around that time? Yes. Could you share or just define juvenile arthritis for those that are listening to the story?
2: Juvenile arthritis is a, an autoimmune disease. It's where um, her body is attacking itself. And it mainly goes for the joints.
1: But it, it can attack the eyes and, uh, and the major organs as well. So it's not like when you're old and, and, and you get arthritis, as we all do. It's an actual autoimmune uh, disease.
0: Mabel, I have a couple questions for you. How much pain were you in once you knew you had juvenile arthritis?
3: Well, I was in a lot of pain.
0: Were there certain parts of your body that were more painful than others?
3: The only place that was, like, my body was attacking was, like, from, like, my waist to down. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the part where it hurt
0: most. To Rebecca and John, what was just the reaction when you finally figured out what the diagnosis was?
3: I was numb.
2: I mean, you don't think that a child could have arthritis.
1: We we weren't sure what was wrong with her. There was... uh, in the morning she had a tough time, uh, you know, getting up and getting around and, and with my schedule I would watch her all day. And uh, I remember having to uh, carry her down the stairs in the morning because she, could, she couldn't move. I mean her, her joints were all frozen up and, and locked up. So we used to, uh, remember when I used to give you a ride down the stairs, uh, you'd ride on my back like a baby Bigfoot? Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Anyways, so she'd ride on my back like a baby Bigfoot and she would basically sit on the, on the couch. And uh, she couldn't move for like twenty or thirty minutes, and she'd loosen up her joints, and then she'd finally get to move and moving again. So we weren't sure, you know, if there was something wrong with her. And then finally, when she she had a knee injury, and uh, she hurt her knee, and she couldn't walk uh, for a little while, we were told that we were just, you know, it was she was having growing pains and all this other stuff. And who, who knew that a six-year-old, you know, kid could get arthritis? Anyways, uh, we, we knew there was something wrong with her, but I, I guess for me, when, when I finally, when we finally figured out what it was, because we were given a whole host of things that could be this, it could be this, it could be this, it could be this. Finally, when we were down in Rochester, and she was, um, uh, we were told, okay, she has juvenile arthritis. For me, it was uh, almost like a relief, like okay, let's fight it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know. So.
0: Rebecca, could you share just some of the steps that you took as a family to help stabilize Mabel's health and get her on the path that she's currently on?
2: Yep. Um, after her diagnosis, um, she got really, really sick. She was losing weight. She wasn't eating, wasn't moving, was flare-ups all over, and um, so finally we got desperate, and we um, heard through the school nurse from about Dr. Dale Porter, and we started her on his nutrition response testing, and um, she sticks with his very strict, limited diet, really religiously. She won't stray um, at all and ever since we started her on his diet she's been flare-up free and she's actually reducing meds. It's a three-year, I think, wean to reduce her meds, but she's better. She's active, bouncy, happy. She's got color. She's
0: Back on the monkey bars? Yeah, Oh yeah. she couldn't do
2: monkey <laughs> bars last year.
1: It was, it was really, it, what, what, what struck me uh, um, when we took her to uh, Galisano in uh, Rochester and then in Syracuse was they gave her all these, they give you all these medications, right? They give you, she was on methotrexate, which is a, uh, it's, it's like a chemotherapy drug. I mean, if you've got cancer, you're taking methotrexate, but hers is a very small dose. And what that's doing is it's knocking back her immune system to, to slow the autoimmune response from her body attacking her joints. Apparently, that causes your body to get rid of something, so she, which is folic acid, so she needed to take folic acid to counteract the methotrexate. Now in order to knock down the swelling in her joints, she had to take
2: naproxen,
1: naproxen. and naproxen will tear up your, your stomach. So in order to counteract the naproxen, she had to take famotidine. So you see where I'm going with this? Kind of like a domino of. Yeah, it's it's a domino. You're, you're absolutely right. You're taking one drug to do one thing, but that one drug, the side effects needs another something to kind of redirect. And we and her her poor insides. I mean, she was and she was losing all this weight, and she could she was getting ribby. You know, and a seven-year-old shouldn't be ribby, or a six-year-old, and that's why we went to see uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Dale Porter right here in town. And as you can see now, she's. She looks like a normal kid.
0: So, so what foods can you have, or do you eat most frequently now, Mabel, that you eat most often?
3: Usually peppers.
0: What else do you like to eat? Peppers and what else? Chicken. And some of the food that you aren't supposed to eat because of the diet? What are a couple, couple of those items?
3: Cookies. No cookies? Fudge.
0: So some of the uh, really sweet treats, I guess you could say, that kids normally would have, you aren't able to have those.
3: I also can't have peanut butter.
0: No peanut butter?
3: No.
0: So it's pretty limited what you can really have every day at school. And, um, the nice thing, too, about the story, though, is even in the midst of identifying juvenile arthritis is, Mabel, you had the solution for how, how are we going to turn this around. So you decided you wanted to have a party. Can, can you tell me about wanting to do a party and letting people know what juvenile, juvenile arthritis really is?
3: Okay, well, I guess when we were in the car or some when we were going somewhere, I was like, hey, can we have a party? And they were like, why don't you have a party to um, raise money for juvenile, juvenile idiopathic arthritis? So I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. So that's really how we got it all started.
0: Well, and you had, other than your mom and dad, you had two other really good supporters in your corner to help with your party in your brother and sister. So Josh and Cora, just when you knew Mabel wanted to do a party and begin to let others know about you know, the disease she had, why was it important for you to kind of take on this vision that your sister had?
4: She's our sister and I mean...
5: It affected us right at home. It was an idea that she would really want and with the disease she's fighting and we would like to help as much as possible.
0: Can you share a little bit about what you two decided to do to help? Well,
4: I was really excited, and we started planning all these activities and what we were gonna do, and the food, and we, I was just really excited. I don't know about Josh,
0: but I was excited. What were some of the things that you had at your party, Mabel? Do you remember?
3: A beak seal, chicken and biscuits, snow globes, and these like gift baskets, and cakes.
1: Don't forget the DJ.
3: Oh yeah, the DJ. <laughs> Got have the photo booth.
0: Mm-hmm. Were there a lot of people there that day when it was finally time to have the party? Yeah. How did it make you feel to see that many people come to your party?
3: It made me feel really good and a lot of my friends were there.
0: For Josh and Cora, just the time it took to kind of help prepare the party and to see it come together on that one day, how did you guys feel about um, all the time and effort you put in, especially doing it for your sister?
5: It felt good. It was good to see the community all come together and help with a single cause like this.
0: A question for Rebecca too. You decided too early on, not only would this be a community effort, but there would be a little more extra attention paid on campus at school. So you had school principal involved and faculty and staff. Can you talk a little bit about some of the things that happened on campus at school to raise awareness for what what Mabel was going through?
2: Um, That actually Joshua, Cora, and Mabel all went into Mr. Ginger, and they got him involved, and he he agreed to um, let the children duct tape him to the bleachers if they raised five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and then he agreed to shave his head if they raised a thousand dollars. And I th- I'm not sure whose idea it was. I think it was Joshua's idea to. Um, do a hat day where everyone brought in a donation and they ended up raising over $1,000. So Mabel got to shave Mr. Ginger's head and...
1: He's a fine looking bald man, <laughs> let me tell you.
2: She helped, they duct taped him to the bleachers and she helped with that. I guess it was the wall.
1: It was the wall, yeah.
0: Mabel, did you, did you have some help with, with duct taping Mr. Ginger to the wall?
3: Yeah. <laughs> and when we duct taped him to the wall, there's a lot of duct tapes so. up. We like the stool he was standing on, we put it off under his feet, and he stayed like on, on the wall for like a, like a second, and then he fell down. <laughs> he was stuck to the
2: wall.:
1: He was stuck to the wall, <laughs> yep.
2: But I, I, I mean, that's a small school. There's what 300 and something kids in that school and to and Joshua got the high school involved as well, and I think they contributed a, a hundred and something dollars, right. but for Mansville to raise a thousand dollars. For one child, and her cause was incredible.
0: Are there plans to do a party next year? Yes. What are you hoping to have at the party next year, Mabel?
3: Maybe more desserts at the bake sale.
0: <laughs> and, and the the date for that is kind of set or the time of year, correct? Could you share just a little details about?
2: I think we maybe agreed on, maybe
0: it's premature, but well,
2: we agreed on May 5th, I think. Okay. Is the date we've got tentative right now?
0: For the overall effort, too, with the community's fundraising help, um, do you remember what the grand total was that you raised last year?
2: $5,503 and some change.
0: Which is really impressive for a first time, really impressive. To be able to do this as a family, I mean, you're, you're living this every day. Um, you're seeing Mabel's um, condition every day and you're monitoring it very closely, but to see folks, kind of what to Josh said before, to see folks in a community respond the way they did, were you surprised?
2: I was surprised. I oh, was, I was, yeah. I was surprised. We, I think we went into it not expecting when we asked the country club for the venue, we weren't even expecting 200.
1: I was nervous because I mean, here, here we are having a party and I'm thinking, please, this a podcast. You can't see me, but I got my fingers crossed and I'm, I'm praying. I'm like, please, someone show up. And lo and behold, we sold out, we were packed, which was incredible.
0: What does that tell you about where you live? The place where you live.
2: It's great people. It's good people. The community. Goes just to good people. They come together. They really band together for.
0: Now the 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 goal, of course, of this um, isn't necessarily just the party itself, too, but um, you've kind of created Mabel's mission as a kind of a grassroots effort that you're beginning to formalize and put together and. Um, continuing to raise funding that would go toward, I believe, a National Research Organization, correct? The
2: Arthritis National Research Foundation.
0: What does it mean now that you've had one party, you're looking to plan another, and you want to continue this effort to support kind of the the national effort to raise awareness and funding for juvenile arthritis? Um, What does it mean to kind of see all this begin to come together into something even greater than you had imagined?
1: Well, I think it's fantastic. I mean, here it is. You know, we've got a, a six-year- old um, you know kid and she's we're driving in the car and she's like let's have a party and and you know it, it could have ended right there and lo and behold she kept pressing the issue and, and we're like okay we can do that and and uh, I, I would like to think that um, you know it's, with this podcast and also with um, you know us talking to other people and and the, and the parties and, and such and and, and the raising the, just raising the awareness is the big thing because, I think, uh, and I, I can't speak for for Rebecca, but I, I think I'm I'm talking her language language here when I say um, there's probably a, there's some other family out there somewhere in the North Country or somewhere, and their kids exhibiting signs of arthritis, but they don't know what's going on, and they're told maybe they're being told, well, it's growing pains, or they'll grow out of it, and lo you know if you catch this early enough, you know catching it early is the best thing. And then raising, and that's the raising awareness part, but the raising money parts, you know, you need you need money to fight this thing. So, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, 91 cents of every dollar goes towards um, actual research. So that's a really, a really good payout, so to speak, as, as opposed to, uh, you know, like uh, 50% or 40%. 91 cents of every dollar goes towards actual research uh, for children, right?
2: Yeah, Mabel's went, the check was, Uh, designated right to children's research.
0: Part of the podcast, too, and a lot of the folks we've had a chance to speak with, the hope is that what's shared will inspire others to give back to their community. And for each person, it's different. For for Josh and Cora, I'll start with you two first. Why do you think it's important to give back to your community?
5: I just think it's the right thing to do.
4: Well, we live here in we should make the best possible place to live for us and everyone else.
0: Rebecca and John, I'll, I'll give you this question too. Given what the family has endured, and and watching your children do all that they've done—either fighting an illness, helping others—what um, is all of this, and what what they've shown in such a young part of their lives? What does that mean to you?
2: I'm beyond proud.
1: When I was when I was their age, I wasn't thinking about I mean when I was Josh's age I was you know trying to get a car. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about raising money for any kind of charities or anything like that, you know, so we did something right. It's kinda cool.
2: That's a great way to word it. We did something right.
0: So Mabel, last question's for you. Mabel's mission, what would you like to see it do or accomplish? as you get older, maybe as you get to be your brother's age, or maybe as you become an adult, what, what do you want your mission, Mabel's mission, to do?
3: Well, I want to raise money.
0: Kind of raise money to help others? Yeah. Well, you're a very brave soul for enduring all that you have to, to six years old, which is remarkable. But we're very glad to see that you've gotten the appropriate care so that you're able to enjoy being a kid and doing some of the things that a kid should be doing. And and kudos to your brother and sister for really taking part in, you know, a really important effort, not only just because it's your younger sister, but to get the community involved in the effort as well. It's really such a a great example to share. And I'm very glad that you felt comfortable enough to kind of share your whole story as part of this podcast too. So a sincere thanks to all of you for doing that.
1: Well, thank you for the opportunity of uh, telling her story because it's, it's, it's a story that needs to be told. And uh, let's hope we can, uh, we can beat this thing. Right, Mabel?
2: Right. Right. That's Mabel's mission's ultimate goal is to find a cure, right? Right.
0: Well, philanthropy as a whole, it's a, it's a unique word. But it's certainly powerful and positive. And Mabel's mission and everything that all of you have really done is a testament to, to that statement. Thanks again for your commitment to, to the cause and for all that you have done. Uh, Mabel, keep fighting the disease. And certainly keep the parties coming, OK? OK. <laughs> That wraps up another Northern New York Community Podcast. Remember, every interview is easily accessible and always free, whether it's online or on your mobile device. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or other podcast platforms when you search for the Northern New York Community Podcast. Check out our podcast website, which also features interview highlights, transcripts, photo galleries, and much more. Just go to www.nnycpodcast.com. Thanks to our supporters, WPBS and the Northern New York Community Foundation for making these interviews possible. Our thanks again to the Sisley and Kubis families for being here. And we hope you'll join us again next time for another edition of the Northern New York Community Podcast. Northern New York Community Podcast, stories from the heart of our community.